Amen, amen. Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen, amen. Now, you might be here today because you got invited by a friend, or you might be here today because you've been coming for years, and Sunday morning church is just something that you do. Or maybe you're here today because you went online and you Googled San Jose's best, coolest church. Or maybe you're here today because today is grandma's birthday and, and all she wanted was just to have her kids and grandkids and all the second cousins removed just to come to church together for this one time. But whatever the reason it is that you're here today, I know that it is not by random chance because the Bible says that before the foundations of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. So before anything was created, God already had you in mind. He already had this moment in mind to have this divine appointment with you, to meet with you face to face. Now, I don't know you, I don't know where you come from or what you've been through, but God knows. God knows before the foundations of the world what you've been through. He knows what went on at home this week, what went on at work this week, or at school this week. And so that's why He's given you a garment of praise so that you can praise Him no matter what circumstance. So whether you're here today wearing your Sunday best or your Sunday mess, as we begin to worship, put on a garment of praise. Put on joy, put on faith, put on truth, put on hope. And let's stand to our feet and get ready to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah! Yes. Yeah. 
nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Come on, y'all. Somebody shout for victory. Hallelujah. If you can at this moment, we invite you to put your hands heavenward. God, we stand victorious today, not because of the things that we've done or accomplished or chosen, but because we are victorious in our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. We boast in the cross today. We boast in your love, and we shout your praise in the sanctuary. Come on, Cathedral of Faith. Put your hands together and somebody shout hallelujah. What kind of love is this that a man would keep his eye for? Make me. 
grateful for the love of God. Come on and give him a shout of praise in this moment. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout thank you, Jesus. Let's just continue for a moment. God wants to hear your voice lifted to him in praise. It's great that we can sing this song. It's great we can declare the words someone else wrote, but there's nothing like your personal response. You see, in the end, this isn't a performance and you're the audience. God's the audience that's watching us and we're all worshiping him. So let's just lift our voice. Thank you, God, for your amazing love. Thank you that your love is so great toward us. Thank you that you love us and care for us in everything about our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you know every person right now, all over this campus, those who are watching online, those who are gonna see this in the days to come, you know where their love tank is right now. And we need to be overflowed, filled, immersed, baptized, drenched in your love. That's what you wanna do more than anything else is to let your love motivate, drive, touch, minister, bless us. We thank you for your incredible love for us. We thank you and we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. How great, how great, how great is your love for us. You know, no matter how much you know the love of God, there's more. No matter how deep you think it is, there's more. No matter how great you think it is, there's more. There's more than we can imagine right now. Let's just one more time declare that to him. How great is your love? How great is your love? How great is your love? 
How great is your love that you have poured on us. How great is your love. How great is your love. How great is your love for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, there's this amazing passage of Scripture. In fact, quite honestly, from start to finish, this is all about God's love for us and about us loving Him and loving one another. But one of a great passage of Scripture written by John in 1 John chapter 3 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You know, you might... You, we're all born into certain families, and God blessed us with the family that we're in to shape us and form us. You might have thought, oh, if only I could have been the child of born in a royal household or in a movie star's household or in a government leader's household, but you have a father that loves you so incredibly. God loves you so much, and as a result, we're all part of the same family. So in other words, we're brothers and sisters in this moment. And so as you're being seated, turn to someone and say, God loves you, brother, or God loves you, sister. Hello, Cathedral friends and family. It's so good to be together today, whether you are on campus or online, we've got some exciting things coming up. Here's what's going on. First off, if you're new around here, welcome. We are so glad that you've joined with us today. And we would love to get to know you a little bit better as well as share with you a little bit more about our church community. So don't be shy. Go ahead and take out your phone, scan that QR code on the screen, text the number, or see one of our team members. We are so excited. Our marriage conference is coming up in just a few weeks. Now there's four ways that you can attend. You can attend on campus, in the amphitheater, in our drive-through option, or online. We're so looking forward to it and seeing everybody there. You can register online by going to cathedraloffaith.org slash ignite. Well, believe it or not, Easter season is just around the corner and we need you. If you would like to be involved in our Easter production, whether that's acting, singing, dancing, wardrobe, tech, behind the scenes work, we would love to have you be a part. If you would like to sign up, please contact Julie Nguyen at the church office. Now, as always, for everything that's happening here at the church, you can visit us at our church website, follow us on social media, or give us a call at the church office. We would love to hear from you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Lauren. Hey, Cathedral of Faith, where everybody's welcome, where nobody's perfect, where anything's possible, and where the love is lived out. That's who we are. And we trust that you'll feel and sense and know that love of God today in a way like never before. When you came in the doors, we're so grateful for our amazing ushers and greeters who showed you that love. We're grateful for our worship team who shows you that love. 
And isn't it great to have some of our youth up here and outside leading us in that love? This is a place where the love is lived out. And we trust that when you leave here today, in fact, Pastor Ken has a really amazing message about God's incredible love today and our love for him. You just hold on because you're going to go out of here with your tank full of love. Anybody ready for that? How fun. Well, it's so great to have you with us. Again, whether you're watching online or somewhere here on campus or you're watching sometime during this week, God just really wants to work in you and speak to you, and we are praying for you. And that's why, as Lauren said, social media, there's so many ways. I hope you'll take out your phone, join us on Instagram and Facebook. Through the week, there are encouraging messages. We go out, there's places to put your prayer requests. We just want you to feel that love all week long, right? So join us on social media so that you can experience and walk in that love of God. Well, you know, for thousands of years, everybody on earth believed that the earth was the center of the universe. They believed that the sun went around the earth. They believed the stars went around the earth. They believed that the earth was the center of the universe. It wasn't until the 1500s, I mean, a few people had sort of talked about, but Copernicus put it in order in 1543 that, no, wait a minute, the earth goes around the sun. Galileo later elaborated on that, and that was sort of a new revelation. All those years of thinking the earth was the center, when in reality the sun was the center of our galaxy. And the reality is that's how life works for us. When we're born, we think we're the center of the universe. People feed us, they change us, they burp us, they walk us, they do whatever we want. We cry and they come. It's pretty me-centered, isn't it? But hopefully, as we come to Christ and we grow more mature, hopefully, we realize that we're not the center God is. Amen? The world doesn't revolve around you. Some of you, that's a revelation, but it's true. In fact, all of us worship something. All of our lives center in something. Our life revolves around something. And you can often tell by our priorities, what we talk about, our focus. And, you know, if we look at our bank account, we can see what our life centers around. And in this moment of bringing your tithes and offerings, we recognize, God, you are the center. You provide all things. You do all things. You take care of me. You provide for me. And so in this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, it's a moment in which we declare, God, you are the center. It's not just about me. And there are many ways you can give. You can go online to the website. You can go to our church app. You can text to us. Those who are here on the grounds, the ushers have envelopes you can give at the end of service. And for those of you watching online, we invite you to write out a check and mail it to us or drop it by the office Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. This is a moment to declare, God, you are the center. Your love is all I need. And so I trust that you in this moment will experience the love of God as you demonstrate your love in giving. Well, as I said, Pastor Ken has a powerful message about love and God's plan for love in our lives. Take a look at the screens.
Amen. Boy, it's so great to see you here at Cathedral. Once again, we love our Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. And wherever you're at on campus, whether you're here in the building, I saw Mark over here, whether you're out in the amphitheater, I saw Mr. and Mrs. Hemman out there, or over in the parking lot, I saw Darcy over there. And those who are part of our online community, I'm just so grateful that you're here today because today we begin a very important journey this month, a journey into the language of love. And when you think about it, there is a lot of love language that's out there. If you go on Amazon and you click on search for how many books there are, did you know that there are over 50,000 books about the Silicon Valley? Did you know that there are over 60,000 books about football? There's over 70,000 books about money. Hello. And there's over 80,000, 80,000 books about love. That's a lot of love language. If each of these books had about 200 pages, that is 16 million pages about love. You know, if each of these books had about, well, or each of these pages, 200 pages contained 50,000 words, that is over 4 billion words about love. That's a lot of language about love. Of course, the most important word about love we find in the Bible. And we're going to look at the most iconic passage that is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. And so I invite you to stand wherever you're at, if you'd stand with me. And we're going to look at this 1 Corinthians 13 passage together. We begin our journey today. I'll read along and just follow along with me. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then we come to the description of love. We find that description in the rest of the chapter. And I invite you to say this with me. Let's make this declaration together. Everybody, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. Time out, let's pause. I think we should have an altar call right there. (laughs) For myself, because I have plenty of room to grow right there, but let's continue. This is our statement of faith. It says, love is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. Your words of spirit 
and of life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for all these wonderful people who are part of our cathedral family, the guests and friends that are with us here on site and online. I'm so grateful because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in your name, Jesus, you are present, especially present in the midst of them. And so God, as they have created space for your grace to meet you in this moment, I pray that you would meet all of us, that you would take us deeper and further when it comes to love. Help us to hear the one thing that we need to hear so that we can leave here changed and transformed because we met you in this moment. God, that's our heart. That's our desire. Start with me. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. One more time, can we give God praise for his goodness and for his amazing love? You can be seated. I borrowed, or I should say, slash stole the title of my sermon from this lady right up here. Do you remember her? Back in the day. When I was a teenager, I'd turn on the radio and there was Tina Turner and her amazing voice singing that song, what's love got to do with it, got to do with it, right? (laughs) That's the title of my sermon. What's love got to do with it? But I added one more word and that word is this. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. It really, it really does. And so I invite you into the journey today as we introduce this big idea of love. First of all, I want to talk to you about why is there love in the world? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we know why there's sex in the world. Sex is needed to propagate our species. But sex isn't the same as love. Why Is there anything such as love in the world? If love makes the world go round, why is it here? Well, my wife and I, a while back, we had a chance to, uh, this was pre-pandemic, we went down to the Tech Museum, and we were watching this uh, documentary on the big screen, and it was amazing. It was about the Nile River. Now, the Nile River is the longest river in the world. It's 4,000, over 4,000 miles wide. Think about that. That means that on the Nile, uh, you could stretch it all the way across the United States and then some. Now, normally when you see pictures of the Nile, what you find is you find that they're showing it at the end of the Nile as it flows through Egypt next to the pyramids. But in this documentary, they took you all the way back to the source of the Nile. And you found that the source of the Nile is in Uganda, in Lake Victoria. And it was a reminder to me that every river has a source. And when you look at our world, and you're looking at the river of love that flows in our world, that river has a source, and the source of the river of love is God. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4. It reads, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. 
And everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love does not know the first thing about God because God is love. Say, yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. God is love. Would you say that with me? God is love. Well, it's a part of his nature. I mean, God doesn't have love. God is love. His very essence is love. And this is one of the ways Christianity is different. Sometimes you hear people say in our valley, well, all religions are just the same. They believe the same things. But I would like to suggest that if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that there are a lot of similarities, but there are some very important differences. And one of those differences is found right here. In Islam, you will not read that Allah is love. In Hindu, you will not read that Brahma is love. Only in the Bible do we read that it is so much a part of his character, it is so much a part of his nature, that God is love. In fact, God has always been love. The Holy Trinity, the eternal Father loves the eternal Son, the eternal Son loves the eternal Spirit, and the eternal Spirit loves the eternal Father. God has always been love. He's the source of love, and then what does God do? He creates human beings in his image. And in his likeness. And that's why anytime we see the river of love flowing in the world. Atheists will say. Well if there is a God. Why is there evil in the world? And what I would say is this. If there is no God. Why is there love in the world? Why is there love in the world? Where does it come from? It comes from the source. And the river of love. The source goes all the way back to God. And when you and I become followers of Jesus, here's what happens. God takes that trickle and turns it into a stream. God takes that stream and turns it into a raging river. The Bible says this in Romans chapter five. It says, God's love has been poured into our hearts. And this happened through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That the Holy Spirit increases our capacity to love. He powers up our ability to love. And so here's the takeaway from this point. If you want to increase the force of love, move closer to the source of love. Let me say that again. If you want to increase you know, the force of your love, then move closer to the source of love. And I invite you to do that even now. Would you say this prayer after me? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, create a river, create a river of love in me. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. I believe that the Spirit is moving as we put ourselves in position to see. To receive. Now that brings us to the next point. Next question is how important is love in our life? Because after all, there are a million things that are screaming for your attention. That are wanting you to focus your life right here. 
Where does love land on that list? When it comes to our priorities. Now in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 14, we find this statement about the importance of love. It says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. Underline that. Circle that. Go after it. Go after it. Say that with me. Go after it. What am I going after with my life? I heard about a, a football coach. He, he had just been hired to take a, over the local college football program. And so it was getting a lot of press. He was getting contacted from local newspapers, local television, local radio. And he was so excited about his new job. That night, the phone rings and his wife answers and she calls up to him and says, Sports Illustrated is on the phone. And now he's so excited. He thinks, oh, man, I've really made it big. Sports Illustrated is calling to interview me. And so he goes to the phone and he picks it up and he says, hello. And on the other end of the line, he hears, hello, this is Sports Illustrated. We're calling to let you know your subscription is almost up. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? But that's one thing we go after. We go after being on the cover of Sports Illustrated or getting that office, you know, getting your desk in that corner office or, you know, taking home the trophy from the basketball tournament or, you know, being at the top of the sales department. We focus on being high achievers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do the best with what God has given to you. That's a good thing to be a high achiever. But with all of our high achieving, we've got to make sure that we don't miss the most important thing. You know, there, there's a lady, and this is not a book of faith. This is a secular book that was written, and she was looking at our culture, and she was saying that we're so focused on high achieving, maybe we're missing the importance of high connecting. And she writes this in her book, The Lost Art of Connecting. When it comes to networking, she says, network connections often feel transactional, agenda-driven, and dehumanizing, leaving professionals feeling burnt out and stressed out. Instead, we should connect on a human level and build authentic relationships Beyond securing a new job or a new investor for your next big idea, we need to tap into our humanity and learn to be more intentional and more authentic. And that's a good place to say amen. In other words, with all of our high achieving, make sure we don't miss the most important thing. Go after life of love. I mean, the church that the Apostle Paul was writing to in this passage, the church of Corinth, they were high achievers when it came to spiritual gifts. They had discovered their spiritual gifts. They were using their spiritual gifts. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to discover and utilize your spiritual gifts for God's kingdom and for God's glory. But in their achieving... They had forgot the most important thing. 
And so Paul reminds them that, look, I can be a high achiever with what I say and speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I can be a high achiever in what I know and fathom all mysteries and knowledge. I can be a high achiever with what I believe and have a faith that's able to move mountains. I can buy, be a high achiever with what I do and give all that I have to possess, all that I possess to the poor or surrender my body to the flames as a martyr. And yet if I all do, do all of that and don't have love, if I don't have love, I'm only a loud and noisy, a loud gong or a noisy cymbal. If I don't have love, I am nothing at all. If I don't have love, I gain nothing at all. In other words, if I'm not living a life that is characterized by love, growing by love, then I've missed the most important thing. So while we're doing the high achieving, let's make sure we're doing the high connecting and going after a life of love. As I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about my dad. Now, my dad was a super high achiever. I mean, he had large crusades overseas that over 40,000 people attended. You know, he built great churches both in the Midwest and out here in San Jose. He helped to uh, get television stations, Christian television stations on the air. In fact, he was honored by both local and national leaders for the work that he did. In fact, I have a flag that is in my office. I keep it in my office because they flew this flag after my dad passed away. They flew this flag over the U.S. Capitol to applaud the work that my dad had done. Isn't that amazing? To the glory of God. That's the legacy we have here at Cathedral of Faith from our founding pastor. And yet, and yet, in the midst of all of my dad's achieving, he did not miss the most important thing. He loved his family, and he loved his friends, and he loved our cathedral family. And he loved people who were outside our cathedral family. And my dad, if you asked him, in the midst of all of that achieving, he would say, what I want to be known for is being a person who is filled with the love of God. Amen. <laughs> filled with the love of God. And friend, that's why I want our legacy to be a, as a cathedral family. I mean, it's amazing. Before the pandemic, for 16 straight years, we were listed as one of the top 100 churches in the country. Can we give God praise for that? That's amazing, 16 straight years. But ultimately, you know, my desire, what I want to be known for is not that we're a big church. What I want to be known for is not that we have great music. We have great music, but ultimately that's not what I want to be known for. What I want to be known for is that we're not super creative. We are super creative, but that's not what I want to be known for. 
What I want to ultimately be known for is not that we serve our city. We do serve our city in an amazing way, but that's not ultimately what I want our church to be known for. I don't want our church to be known for great preaching. Well, let me say, or pretty good preaching, (laughs) or better than okay preaching. Ultimately, I don't want our church to be known for that. What I want our church to be known for in our community is the cathedral of faith is a place where the love of God is lived out. Amen? That's our aim. That's our focus. Yeah, let's give God praise. Hallelujah! Go after it, cathedral. Go after it. Look at somebody and tell them, go after it. Go ahead. Go after it. Go after a life of love. Now that brings us to the last point. The last point is this, the last question is what does love look like? What does love look like? Well, some kids were asked to describe love and here were some of their answers. Tommy, age six said, said, love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they've known each other so well. (laughs) And then Danny, age seven, wrote, Love is when mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. (laughs) I do that with chocolate cake at our house. And then I love this one. It actually was the middle child, not the middle schooler, but the middle child said, I let my big sister pick on me because my mom says she only picks on me because she loves me. So I pick on my baby sister because I love her. You got to love that logic, right? What does love look like? Well, in our culture, most of the time when we hear the word love, we think about the feeling side of love. I mean, that's what we see in our movies. That's what we hear in our music. It's about the feeling side of love. That love is a feeling you get when you feel like you're going to get a feeling that you've never felt before. And I love the feeling side of love. I mean, I love the feeling where your, you know, your heart beats a little bit faster and your socks roll up and down and you get those butterflies. I saw one sign that said this. It said, forget the butterflies. I feel the whole zoo when I'm with you. I love the feeling side of love. I'd much rather have feeling of love than the feeling of hate. Anybody else say amen to that? And yet, what love is more than a feeling that you have. According to the Bible, love is a decision that you make. There's a decision side to love. The leading psychiatrist, Scott Peck, once wrote this in his best-selling book, The Road Less Travel. He wrote, the person who truly loves does so because of a decision to love. This person has made a commitment to be loving whether or not the loving feeling is present. Think about that. That love is more than a feeling that I have. It's a decision that I make. Jesus once to his disciples He gave this commandment, and we read in John 13, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, 
so you must love one another. A new command. Say that with me. A new command. Say it one more time. A new command. Have you ever tried to command a feeling? In fact, if you've never tried that, go home, do your own experiment. Go home, sit on the couch, focus, and tell yourself to feel more love. See what happens. You may feel nothing. You may feel something. You may feel acid reflux. (laughs) It's hard to command a feeling. But go home and tell yourself instead to act in a loving way. To play catch with the kids. Or write a note to your wife. Or to encourage one of your neighbors. See, that is something you can decide to do. And that's what Jesus is commanding. He's commanding the decision to love. To behave in loving ways. And speak in loving ways. And to think in loving ways. When we feel like it. And when we don't feel like it. Now, when we feel like it, it's easy to love. When we don't feel like it, and we don't always feel like it. I mean, when the kids are screaming at three in the morning, don't feel a lot of love at that moment. You know, when the spouse comes home late for a fancy dinner, don't feel a lot of love in that moment. When a coworker stabbed you in the back, I saw this one guy, he was praying. And this is what he prayed. He said, I pray for you because I don't know how to do an exorcism. (laughs) See, sometimes we don't feel love. But we can still decide to love. And here is the secret. By the grace of God, when we make that decision, the decision to love, God can write in on it and create a feeling of love on the inside of us. That's what happened to one lady. She went in to see her counselor and she said, I am done. I am through. I am so upset with my husband. I want to hurt him and then I want to get a divorce. And so the counselor said, I have an idea. Go home and for the next two months, pretend to love your husband. Praise him for every decent trait he has. You know, go over the top with kindness toward him. Spare no effort to please him in every way. And then after 60 days, drop the bomb. Tell him you want a divorce and that'll get him. Does that sound like good counsel to you? (laughs) She goes home and for 60 days, 60 days, this is what she does. She acts as if she loves her husband. And she acts her way into a feeling. And when the counselor called after 60 days, she said, I don't want to get a divorce anymore because God wrote in on that decision to love. She was starting to have that feeling of love and beginning to have hope for her marriage once again. When you give God something to work with, amen. Yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. It's what God can do. And I'm going to invite you wherever you're at right now. I want that. I want you to own this passage for yourself. I want you to make this a faith declaration that wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, there's always room for growth right here.
And so we're going to make this statement of faith together. If you'd stand with me, please. And I want to make this declaration of faith. I want you to own it, declare it. Believe that this is true for you. That the Holy Spirit is going to create a river of love in our hearts over these next three weeks together. Let's say this. Own it, believe it, declare it. Say it with me, would you? I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but I rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope. I always persevere. Father, we make that declaration in faith today, believing that this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, just remain standing wherever you're at. In just a moment, our worship team is getting ready to lead us in a final course. We're going to receive communion together. But before we do, I want you to hear from two dear friends. You know, at the church, a lot of what we do, this is why we do it, is because we want to help people grow in in a life of love, keeping the main thing the main thing. And our marriage conference is coming up in three weeks. That's what that's all about. It's helping people to go deeper and further in love. And, And my friends who have really run point on this, conference. They've invested their time, their talent, and their resources in a very big way. They went to see the conference back at Pastor Joel Osteen's church in Lakewood, our friend Joel. They went a couple of times, heard all these speakers, and it had such an impact on them. They wanted to see something like that in the Bay Area. And Carl and Leslie, you know, you went all the way out to Houston, and that conference had an impact on you. Can you tell us What happened in your lives out in Houston? Thanks, Pastor Ken. We were so encouraged and inspired by this marriage conference that we wanted to bring it here to Cathedral of Faith. We realized that we invest so much time in our work, in our children, in so many things, work conferences, Wouldn't it be so special if we could take a couple of days and invest in this foundation of love in our marriage? And it makes such a difference in our family life and in everything that we do to build on this foundation of love in our marriages. And that's what we wanted to bring here to Cathedral of Faith. And while it seems like being in Houston, Texas in August may not have sounded like a great idea (laughs) with 100 degree heat and 100 degree uh, humidity. We knew that it was an even warmer spot in our hearts when we took just a Friday evening, this year, Friday, February 25th, and a Saturday morning, this year, Saturday, February 26th, for a few hours on each day to invest in each other, that would not only make our marriage better, it makes our role as parents better, as professionals better, better stewards of our finances, Mm. 
and just a better life together. We know that's what's best for us. We hope it's what will be best for you and that we'll all join together on February 25th and 26th. Thank you, Carl and Leslie. Thank you so much, Ignite Conference. Thank you for all that you've done and leading the way on this. When it comes to a life of love, go after it. Go after it. Say that with me. Oh, man, you got to say it like you mean it. Go after it. One more time. What are we going after? We're going after something more important than the Super Bowl. We're going after something more important than a raise at work. We're going after a life of love. That's what matters most. Go after it. Say it with me. Go after it. Yeah, that's the spirit. Pastor Vaughn, we're going to celebrate the love of God. Boy, as Pastor Vaughn and the team leads, let's get ready to celebrate the Lord's table together. Put your hands together with us like this. Somebody say, I am a child of love. I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. And I was chasing the high life, trying to satisfy my soul. And all the lies I believed in left me crying in the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven And I've never been the same Change the way I be. 
come to your table today. We are reminded of your love, your body that was broken for us. Jesus, thank you for loving us like you do. And as we receive the bread, we receive once again your amazing love. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. Jesus, thank you for pouring out your love for us on that cross. It was all about love. And so today, as we drink of the cup of Christ, we drink in your love. Fill us with your love. Let's drink in the love of Christ today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We're going to go out with that song in our spirit. I hope that you know you're loved by God. And I hope you know, I hope you know that you're loved by God. And this week, you'll go after a life of love. Go after it. Say it with me. Go after it. If you need prayer, our team will be out at the amphitheater to pray with you and for you. And I hope you know how much your pastor loves you. Boy, I'm believing the best for you this week, that you'd have an amazing week and let it be filled with the love of God in your hearts. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may the love of God overflow your hearts. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as you go. Hallelujah. Yeah!